This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. If you've been here to last night and tonight, I, I definitely want to encourage you to make space to be here tomorrow night. But just along with the theme of that video, I feel like it's imperative to say that while we do gather together and there's so much that happens in a room where we have joined together, the culmination of our walk with Jesus is not this. It is our time with him. And you need to have time with him. You need to be in his word. You need to be praying. This is a chance for us to do that together, together. I'm praying that this week, really, if you've never just said, I'm going to go after God, I'm going to seek God, that this week you would take some time. You would take some time in the morning. You would take some time before bed. You would do what historically Christians have called that daily office. Like, I'm going to make space and time for the Lord. Now, tonight... Uh, We're going to hear three speakers, and uh, the whole goal with this is to bring something before you that might provoke something in you to a need for prayer, okay? And so I've invited three of our staff, Jen Barker, uh, Lindsay Toole, and John Mike Sill. They're all going to come up and speak. So here's kind of the flow of what's going to happen. They're going to come up and speak and share, and then... After they're done, I'm going to come wrap it up, kind of give you a prayer charge, introduce the next one. Uh, the first one is Jen. Uh, Jen needs, you all know Jen. She's like the happiest person that ever lived. Um, like you just, you know, if you're having a bad day, you don't want to be around Jen. You'll just be instantly <laughs> mad at her because of how happy she is. Um, and she is that way all the time. She really is. Like if the dog pees on her, she's still happy. Um, <laughs> Probably not. That's no, not true. What is there's like a time limit for happy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My but kids screaming in the middle anyway, of the night. She's such a blessing to us and such a joy. I, I shared this Sunday night, but but just our staff is a joy. Jen is a joy to lead, and I'm so thankful for her and so thankful for what she's going to get to share with us. So would y'all? Let's welcome Jen. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Um, it's it's always an honor that he asked me and trusts me to do this. Um, but I really wanted, and I, I'm going to go ahead and not really apologize in advance, maybe warn you in advance, but what I'm going to talk about is still really raw in my heart. I'm still kind of walking through a, a season, um, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about tonight is a season. I want to take you to Ecclesiastes 3.1. Um, the Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes. He's known for his wisdom. Um, and so he starts off chapter three with, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. You can cue the lyrics now. Turn, turn, turn. The birds, nobody. Okay. Just you, Gina. You just, okay. All right. Um, but I love that God's purposes for us can be seen in his creation. Like, That's what the seasons, the changing of seasons is all about. And we're approaching another change of season. We're approaching fall next weekend. Um, And so that means, you know, all things, what, pumpkin spice. Has anybody tried the pumpkin spice creamer out there? Good, good, good. I got that just for you, Anna. Um, Football, right? Right. 
fire pits, cooler temperatures, all of those things. Um, or if you're big lots, it's Christmas. They, they skipped right over ha fall and Halloween. Brian and I went to look for some discounted patio furniture on Friday night, and we walked in and found discounted Halloween stuff, um, and it looked like the North Pole had threw up in there, but that's okay. I, I got a little mad about it, and I, and I got mad, honestly, because I, I just was noticing how our world just kind of rushes through the seasons. You know, we can't enjoy one before we're planning the next one. And maybe this is true in your own life. Maybe you're in a hard season right now. And you're really just trying to plow through it to get to the other side, to get to something easier. Or maybe you're coasting in an easy season and you're kind of looking at what's ahead and dreading it. You don't want to get to the other side. Well, honestly, I can relate to both. And... Um, what God has been showing me so grace, gracefully, because that's what he does graciously, is that there is a purpose in every season if we seek him through it. We have to be diligent in seeking God in every season. If we aren't seeking him in every season, then we'll miss this, the blessing that that season is going to bring. We'll miss the lessons that he's going to teach us. We might miss the promises that he's going to bring us. And we're going to miss the joy that he creates in us when we follow the path that he's put us on. And if I can be honest, that was me about a month ago. Um, I was coming off of a, a rest season. Um, we were resting from school. We did all kinds of fun stuff over the summer. We vacationed. We caught lightning bugs. I planted a garden and spent all day in it. Um, we did uh, the pool. We did concerts. We stayed up late. We slept in. Um, I mean, life was really, really good. And um, as I started to look ahead somewhere around July, I started to realize that uh, I was really enjoying the pace of life that I had, but it was about to change. You see, we are what you call hybrid homeschoolers, which means we school at home three days a week, and then two days a week we're in class. But those two days a week, I actually go there and I teach. And uh, we're about to go into a, a busy fall season at church. And I just felt like everything was ramping up all at once, and it was coming at me super fast. But if I can also be honest, something in my heart wasn't right either. You see, I had become complacent with those two months of convenience and comfort. You know, there's something about contentment. Contentment, contentment with godliness is great gain. That's what we want. But if you stay there too long, you can become complacent. And you can become idle. And God hasn't called us to that. And every time I thought about the next season that we were approaching, I just started to mourn summer even more. I felt like the enemy kept tempting me with the idea of let's just, let's just keep it easy. Let's give up on what God has called me to um, you know, we were starting the year with two less teachers because teachers had had babies, and um, my class was seven and went to 17, um, and then I had a first, a third, and a sixth grader at home, and if I can just be honest, I didn't want to do it anymore. 
I wanted to throw in the towel. And some of you are sitting here and have heard me say that. You see, as I look back, I just kept hesitating to move forward. You see, when we look back on the world's perspective, we hesitate taking the next step towards God. The enemy wants to keep us there. We see this in the Bible with Lot and his wife. Lot was Abraham's brother. He lived in Sodom, which was known for its affluency, its uh, vanity, and also its wickedness. And the people there didn't honor God. They didn't care anything about following his ways. And I won't get into the details tonight about in all the ways that they were wicked. But it was so wicked that God had planned to destroy Sodom and everybody in it. But because of Abraham and his faithfulness, the Lord was willing to save Lot and his family before the city was destroyed. So I want to take you to a passage of Scripture. We actually see in Genesis, um, God had sent angels to bring Lot and his family out of the city, and he was struggling against them. And if you go to Genesis 19, hold on, I have to get some water. says, at dawn, the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot, take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now, or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, when Lot still hesitated, the angels seized his hand and the hands of his wife and the two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city. For the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, Run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Did you catch that? Lot hesitated. You see, there were angels literally surrounding him, tugging and pulling at him to get out of destruction, but he hesitated to go. And I looked that Hebrew, the Hebrew meaning up of, of hesitate. It actually means to linger or to question, to delay. You see, Lot lingered on the edge of destruction because he was so focused on his life of comfort. And then the angel look, warned him. He said, don't look back. Don't stop. And you know why? Because the angel knew that if Lot kept looking back on what was, then he wasn't trusting God with what was next. And that's dangerous. We actually see later in the chapter that Lot's wife, she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. So that hope, that redemption, she never got to be a part of it. You know, I wasn't trusting God with what was next. And I look back at the season of comfort, and I wanted to take control. I wanted to keep it that way. But what God really wanted me to see was that he gave me that season of rest for a reason. Because he knew I was going to need it for the season that I was going into. And thankfully, God is patient. He is merciful. And he is kind. And I knew that the feeling in my head didn't really match what God had put in my heart. So I began to pray. 
I began to seek the Lord. I talked to my pastor about it, talked to my husband about it. And I went through those weeks seeking God, and I, I'm even going to be a little more honest. I was thinking that he was going to tell me to give something up, that he wanted me to pull back. But instead, he began bringing clarity, and he showed me that this upcoming season was full of opportunities. And y'all, every single one of those opportunities were prayers that I had prayed in seasons past. And so something else happened too. As I look back on all the busy seasons in the past, God reminded me of all the times that he was there moving on my behalf. He was faithful through all those journeys, even when they seemed hard. And those were the seasons that I stuck even closer to him because I needed him even more during those seasons. You see, when we look back from heaven's perspective, we can be confident in taking the next step towards God. We don't hesitate anymore. We can be confident because we know his plans are good. When you look back and remember God's faithfulness, you know that he will provide the energy you need that he's going to sustain you with the grace that you need, that he's going to bring you healing where and when you need it. But we have to surrender. We have to trust him. Jesus was talking to his disciples in Luke 17, and he was not only saying, hey, trust me with this season. He was saying, trust me with your life. He says in Luke 17, remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you grasp and cling to life on your own terms, you'll lose it. But if you let that life go, you'll get life on God's terms. You guys, we all go through different seasons of life, and we can either choose to live it like this, open-handed and surrendered for what he has and trust him with what's next, or we can hold tight, and I promise you, that the hope that he has for you won't last if you hold on tight. But if you're here, and this is Seek Week, so if you're here and you're seeking God in a season of maybe hard times, or maybe you are in a season of contentment, I just want to encourage you to trust him, to take those next steps, and ask him to give you the faith that you need to trust him and he will change your perspective. Thank you. All right. That was so good. Sometimes we need to be reminded it's just a season, right? It's busy. It's just a season. Today I was talking, I was on the phone. It's a family in our church and uh, they had a tragic death and, um, you know, devastated, as anybody would be. And I, you know, just reminded them, hey, grief is a season, okay? You're gonna, it's, it's not going to last. It feels like it's going to be this way forever, but it's not going to be that way forever. Maybe today you're in that season, in just a little while when it's time to pray. Maybe you've had a bad attitude about the season you're in, and you need maybe some help from the Lord. You need to pray about it. You know, I think that we can choose to do life God's way or we can choose to be miserable, right? So it's really, you know, choose it tonight.
to just say, hey, I'm going to surrender. Thank you, Jen. That was so good. Uh, next up, as I think I've introduced her in many, many different moments, is probably my longest running friend. Um, we've been, she's my first cousin. Lindsay's our children's pastor. We've been friends since like pre-middle school days. Um, uh, first person, first family to join our launch team outside of immediate family. And um, Man, we are so blessed by Lindsay. She is almost as cheerful as Jen. <laughs> Not quite, but close. Yeah. And we, we love her dearly. I'm so thankful for her. Y'all, she's going to be preaching in November. Her first full, all her message. Can't wait. Um, can't wait to hear from her tonight, too. Y'all, welcome, Lindsay. Here we go. Um, yeah, I just want y'all to know, I mean, thank you, um, Kevin. He gave me a year to plan for November. He gave me like three days to plan for tonight. So um, so as you can imagine, I am a planner, and this is uh, off the cuff. But what I'll tell you is that I honestly, when I found out on Friday that I'd be talking today, I questioned what in the world am I going to be talking about tonight? Like what's God using in this season that that I feel like could be helpful for you? And I honestly had no idea what it was going to be. But, you know, as usual, when you ask God for some help, he shows up. The thing is, he's funny because he doesn't show up in the way that you always expect him to. See, I've had the awesome, awesome privilege to be able to help coach some 12-year-old girls. They're back here. They're so cute. They'll make me cry. Two of them are sitting right back there. Um, but I've been able to coach them. And this was just three days ago on Saturday. And after a long day on the ball field, I found myself standing in front of them in tears. See... On Saturday, we saw a lot of really great things. We also saw a lot of other things, right, girls, that we won't talk about today. But at the end of the day, I'm standing there realizing that all I really wanted is for them to realize what it's like. I wanted them to feel what it's like to win. Um, my heart was broken for them because, see, um, we played three games and we lost three games and as coaches as coaches and John and I get, get to coach together it's awesome but as coaches we pour out encouragement into them we have taught them new skills we have sacrificed our time their families have sacrificed their time and there we were sitting there after three games and lots of hours with three losses and I just was broken hearted and it didn't hit me really until the next day. So Sunday morning, I'm at church, and I'm feeling it's heavy on my heart. And I'm not really understanding why. But then it hit me. Like, isn't this feeling that I had for these girls not the same feeling that God has for us? I mean, He's chosen us like we've chosen those girls. He loves us. He teaches us through his scripture. He sacrificed his son for us. Like, isn't that the same thing that he wants for us? And us as believers, when we say yes to God's plan in our life, or let's say we're on a ball theme that we sign up to be on God's team, you know, we don't always win in that either. 
And so, I mean, I just want to admit that I've really been in a season. And for me, my season, I would have to say, is a pretty good season. I, I have a good job that I've worked really hard for, kind of the dream job I've had. Um, we have four healthy kids that are finding their way. We're adjusting to life with a kid in college pretty well. And um, a husband who I would say loves me, he likes me sometimes, but he does love me. And um, while that all is amazing and that's all awesome and you're probably going, yeah, that's great. What have you, where are you going with this? I mean, what I would tell you is that I do know I have a lot to be grateful for, but over the last few months and up until the last couple of days, you've prop some of you have probably heard me say some things that sound quite contrary to what I just said. I mean, the job that I just said I love, um, you could have found myself saying, oh, the first time I have an opportunity to get a bonus and we don't get them. Gosh, I really wanted that deck furniture, the furniture for the first time. And, you know, I'm so mad and all, just complaining about the deck furniture I didn't get to buy. Um, the kids that, that we love, right? I've probably said I've lost my mind and I have no patience for them. And they are the hardest thing in the whole world. And that's saying it nicely. But those things have probably come out of my mouth. And that husband that loves me, we don't. When I say he likes me sometimes, the other times it's tough. And it's hard and I'm tired and I could easily think about how I wish it was just better but did you hear in any of that that I just said any any God in that because in that I heard a whole lot of me and not a lot of God and I want you to listen that when we focus on the things that we think we ought to have but don't we really start feeling like God's giving us the short end of the stick, right? Like, remember that deck furniture? Just, can you tell it's a little raw spot in my, in my heart? Maybe next year. But the thing is, is God is bigger than all of the losses. He's bigger than all the bad days. But if all we can see are the things that we lose and fail to acknowledge the blessings, it leaves us broken. That's where I was on Sunday, Saturday. And honestly, you can tell it's probably been lingering in my heart for a little while. But on Saturday, I was feeling pretty broken. And it didn't make sense. But it's all starting to make sense. Um, so what do we do with that? Right? What's our call to action in that? I thought about how and what verse I would use to encourage you with today. And God, again, in his funny ways, works in ways you don't expect. Um, because actually last Wednesday... Um, and first Wednesday down in Kids, we painted pictures of a Bible verse. And I didn't know then, but God was preparing me for this moment right here with this verse. Let's look at it. Psalms 121, verses 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. See, there's going to be some pictures, I think, that we show from this Um See, you can see in this verse is the writer saying, where, did, what it, where does our help come from? It doesn't come from the things of this world. We often search for the answers of the things in this world, but it comes from somewhere else because everything in this world is going to let us down and we, we can find ourselves there, but we have to look up to God. See, can you go to the next? I'm just going. 
So it takes me back to where I was on Saturday um, and coaching this team. Every practice that we show up um, and we pour into these girls, these girls show up and the practice might not end the way they thought it should. We're going to show up to games and we are not going to win all of them. We might not win many, like it or not, but if all the girls ever focused on was that $2 ring that they didn't get, they could lose out on the friendships, the encouragement, the blessings that that opportunity gives. And that's the same for us, right? Like every time we show up at church, every time we open our Bible, every time we open our heart for a new friendship, or every time we say yes to God's calling in our life, doesn't mean we're gonna win at everything and it's not always easy so what I just want to do tonight to encourage you is that if you feel like you've lost the ability to see the good and the blessings of your life I just pray tonight that we might be able to focus our eyes on him and that all of the blessings that you have will be made new to you tonight That's good. You know, if you pause the story on Jesus Friday night after his crucifixion, it looks like a loss. And I can remember Lindsay and I in um, my grandfather's hotel or hospital room when he passed away. I remember reflecting on that moment afterwards and just thinking that to the world that looked like a loss. You know, the, the gospel flips how we understand wins and losses. Because it extends the story beyond what we seem to know. You may be in a place today where you feel a little bit like Lindsay. You feel like, man, I've taken some losses in my life. Here's the thing, the story's not over with. Tonight, maybe you just need to come forward and say, hey, I've been praying. One of my favorite stories in the last five years from our church is Erica's story of infertility. And, you know, the thing that she did that made that story so easy to share, she was willing to share the mess. She was willing to say, "This is. I want to be vulnerable. I'm going to tell you where I'm at. And the thing is, when you're willing to do that, when you stand in front of people and say, hey, this is where I'm at, it gives God something to turn into a message, right? So maybe tonight you might be in a season, as Jen said earlier, but then as Lindsay, just where you feel like it's not as it should be. Maybe you've even lost hope in it. And tonight we need to pray. We need to pray that God will just, number one, will give you the courage and the strength to keep going. But maybe even change your perspective in the middle of it. I'm super thankful for the guy who's going to speak next. He's, uh, he's one of my best friends. Um, and also, he's the one that all of us on staff love to make fun of. And so, uh, uh, he's, he's, yeah, it's because we love, he's safe, okay? That's how we would put it. Y'all welcome John Mikesell. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Tonight I get the chance to just share with you guys a little bit about the season that I'm in right now. But I've got two 
important questions to ask you guys to kind of set the stage. The second one, more important than the first, but the first question is, who in the room loved math class? Who loved math? Uh, we got quite a few in the room. All right, so here's, here's the more important question. Who loved English class? All right, so they're louder, but there's not quite as many of them in the room. At, at, as you noticed, my hand was not up when that question was asked because that is a, something that throughout my life, that was a class I did not enjoy. I didn't enjoy reading. I certainly did not enjoy writing. But let me tell you, God's got a sense of humor. Because a few weeks ago, I was sitting down with Pastor Kevin, and he encouraged me to start journaling as I do my devotions. And I didn't want to, to be honest. I told him I would, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not doing this. But, but I have been doing it. And it started out slow because I really didn't enjoy it. But as I've gone through that process, it's gotten me into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Because that was something that I never really enjoyed to do. And sometimes God will take something that we don't enjoy or maybe something that we struggle with. And he'll use that as an opportunity to allow us to grow in our faith. And that's what this past season has been for me. So I just want to take a moment and share with you a little bit kind of how I go through that process in the morning. It, it may help you, it may not, but I just want to share that with you in case it does help somebody maybe trying to figure out how to go about doing that. So the first thing I do is I've, I've picked a book in the Bible, and I'll dive into that a little bit about what book I've chosen, but I read the next chapter. That's how I start out, is just reading that chapter. And in this particular book, as I'm reading it, I'm taking notes on what Jesus did in that chapter, specifically on the things that Jesus was doing. And then a couple sentence takeaway of just some things that are practical in my life in this season. And then I jot down a couple things that I can pray for. And then I have a list of people in my life that I pray over. And that's how my day begins. And by doing that, it prepares my heart for the day. It reminds me of God's love. It encourages me. More times than I want to admit, it humbles me. And it always points my heart to others. Because I don't know what my day is really going to look like. I've got a list of things that I know I need to get done. But I don't know exactly how it's going to go that day. And it's funny, as I go through the day, a lot of times the chapter that I read was something that I was going to go through, but I didn't know it, and God was already preparing me for what was going to take place that day. But one thing that I've recently added to my day is at the end of the day, is I sit down and I, I make a list of things that I was thankful for in that day. Because even in a rough day, in a day sometimes that is challenging, there are things in our day that we can see that God's hand was in it. And I end my day with thankfulness because too many times we look at the bad things or maybe even we prayed for something that day or been praying for it in the past season and God answered that prayer that day. We need to take time to go back and say thank you for that. And as I was trying to figure out what book I wanted to do in that study and as I was praying over it, it was a few weeks ago, Pastor Monte Dillard came to speak and man, what an amazing message he had. It was so powerful. But he spoke on the gospel of Mark. And he went through and kind of explained what the difference was in the gospels. But Mark was one that really just stood out to me. And Mark is about the hope 
of the return of Jesus. It's a narrative where he dives in to the story of Jesus. And there's four things that Mark teaches that I want to share with you guys quickly tonight. The first one is the cross, which is why Jesus came, was to give his life for us. The second thing is discipleship. We see as he gathers his disciples and as he guides them and directs them, he wants to do the same thing for us. We see the teachings of Jesus through parables and miracles. And then the fourth is that hope of his return. And Mark's perspective as he goes through this is emphasis more on what Jesus did throughout his time here on earth. And he moves through these stories quickly. And if you just read through them, it's just it's quick snapshots of these parables and these miracles. And I think that's one thing that really drew me in to that particular book. Because many of you guys that know me know that I'm a doer. Like, I love to have a checklist, and I love to get things done. But there are times that I've just got to sit back and just realize that sometimes I find my fulfillment in the doing versus in just being in God's presence. And I need to take time to do that. And that's through my devotions, through my journaling, has been able to help me slow down and be able to really receive what God has called for me to do in that day. But you see, in the story of Jesus, it is more than just the doing. A key component of the actions and teachings of Jesus is faith. If you look through the entire book of Mark, it really emphasizes on faith. Jesus teaches on faith, and then he lives out that faith in front of his disciples, in front of his followers, in front of the crowd. He lives out the faith that he has and if there's anything I want you guys to take away from tonight is that faith leads to God's blessings. Faith will lead to the blessings in your life that God so desperately wants to give you. And we see this throughout the miracles of Jesus. When Pastor Monte was here, he specifically told a story about a paralyzed man and his four friends. They found out that Jesus was going to be at this house, and this house was completely surrounded by people. As Pastor Monte said, they were trampling in the grass and in the flowers, probably somebody clogging up the toilet. But these four friends knew that if they could get their friend to Jesus, that there was a chance that he could be healed. And it ends in Mark 2, 5 with the story. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. He saw their faith the faith of their friends, the faith of that paralytic man. Jesus healed his sins before he healed his physical body. After he healed his sins, he told him to get up and walk. But because of his faith, his sins were forgiven. And it, it really didn't have anything to do with what they did. Yeah, they did a lot to get him there. But it really was because of their faith. And as I reflect on this past season there's really nothing in my life that I've done that I have deserved God's blessing in my life. It is through faith only. And everything that I have that I've been given, it's because of God's love. And it's because of God's forgiveness. My actions may show my faith. What I do, how I talk, how I react, you can ask Lindsay sometimes it's not always the best. 
but my actions can show the blessings of God, but my faith is how I receive them. And today as we get ready to pray here in just a little bit, there's a question I want to ask you guys to think about before we get to that moment. Is are you trying to earn God's blessings or are you simply being faithful? Because if you're trying to earn it, I can promise you we can't. There's nothing we can do on this earth that we can earn God's forgiveness. He's already paid the price. But through our faith, God can give us the blessings that he so desperately wants to give us. Thank you. You're that person that's a doer. Your identity is all wrapped up in what you do. And maybe tonight you feel a sense of challenge. But instead of focusing on that, just really focus on your faith. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.